we're going to keep moving in, in our worship with, with a brief little sermon, but my hope is that I'll be a little bit brief, because everyone likes me more if I'm brief, and we'll, uh, it'd be great if we went back into that time of just caring for each other afterwards. That's kind of part of what we're talking about today, and so we'll continue to, we'll end worship after communion with just, if you have time to linger and care for one another, um, that would be a good act of worship, okay? Well, last week when we were together, we unpacked ourselves, really, right? We, if you were here, we talked about that question in Genesis 3 again. We looked at, who are you? And, and did a little bit of just, uh, wh- where are we with, with God? And, and this week, we're going to unpack us together. Who are we in this world? And what is this thing called church? And... Uh, why do some of our eyes twitch when that word is said and others of ours hearts flutter? And why is there so much emotion around it? And I'm not going to answer every question. We're probably going to, like usual, bring up more questions and just see what God does with that. Okay? So let's, let's pray and then we'll get started. Jesus, I really believe that you love your church. I believe that you want us to love your church as well, and I believe that you are heartbroken by your church, and I believe that we feel the pain of that heartbreak. And so would you be patient with us today, and would you be kind to each one of us and gracious to each of us as we're in different spaces? And um, thanks that you're still good. You haven't given up on us yet. In your name, amen. Okay, if you've got a Bible or an app that you use, we're going to look at a couple verses in John 17 that are, you've probably caught on by now, we almost always look at verses that are familiar and and just see what more is there to it. And so we're going to be in John 17, 20 through 23. And here's what it says in the NRSV. Well, and just for context, this is in Jesus' long prayer for disciples. This is when he starts to pray for us, uh, the people who come after the disciples. And when you think about that, that's pretty wild, right? That right before he went to the cross and all of this, he prayed for his buddies, which that makes sense, those he lived years with. But then he shifted and started to pray for us, and that some years later, this was recorded as a gift for us to really live into. And so read along, or again, if it's helpful, close your eyes and hear these words. Imagine Morgan Freeman reading them, but uh, hear these words being read. I ask not only on behalf of these, meaning the disciples, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. And as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe in that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. 
There's a lot of directional words there, right? And a lot of oneness happening. This is the verse where we get our name as a church. This was what's called our, our seed verse. We talked a lot about it probably that first year, and then I don't think we've talked about it as much. But I think this is a, a good, powerful verse for us to come back to and see what God intends for us. So Jesus is really clear that his prayer is that that we would benefit from the work of the disciples, the sharing of these fishermen and tax collectors and uh, fabric sellers and all these people of the early church, that they would live in such a way that it would impact us today and that we would know that we are invited to be one with God like God is one within the Trinity. Just as close as Jesus is to the Father, Jesus' prayer is that we would be that close to God as well. This is the attachment that we talked about uh, maybe a month ago, where we're really to be like so close to God that we are like a branch connected to a vine, where the very things that are going through God are going through us. The very love and kindness and grace and peace, that those might come out of us as well, that we might feel so attached to God that as we know, the Holy Spirit lives within us. We're that close and that attached. And then we're to be together. That we're one another to, to be gathered together. Not just attached to God and separate in our separate little places, living in separate little tiny lights, but we're to gather together to strengthen one another, to affirm one another, to love one another, to be the church. And here's what gets me that this attaching to God and this being together and all of this being done in love, that that's enough. That's it. That's what's to change the world. The whole world is to be different because we are finally so attached to God and so committed to one another in love, so committed to, to lathering love. I've talked to you a, a probably 10 times about when my grandma used to put butter on things and lather it, and that's how I picture God's love, just being way too much, way, way too much, that we're to love like that, and that is enough to change this world. That is enough to bring about God's kingdom. Being attached to God, being committed to each other, and lathered in love. That's it. That's it, and we call that the church. We call it the church. It's a gathering in a particular time, in a particular place, as a particular people committed to those things. That's really it. It's meant to be enough. That's really, I would think, like, let's have some contingency plans. Let's maybe not base so much on us fickle people or our misunderstandings of love. But God was like, no, I, I, I believe. I believe in you. And I don't know if we realize that, like, God believes in us. We believe in God. But God really believes in us. That we could be who God's invited us to be. But this, this dream community where we're attached to God, we're committed to one another, we're lathered in love, that has not been everybody's experience, right? Or it's a mixed experience where we all walk in here with our hands full of tons of different experiences. So there's this song that I've loved the last couple weeks. Uh, I, I think it's maybe Maverick City. It's, it's called The Old Church Basement, I think. 
and it talks about like when they were in youth group pretty much and they sang to a, I imagine out of tune guitar and how God was just there and then every song that has come since is just a new version of that experience and I, I, I was back in Minneapolis this week and thinking about that and thinking about when I grew up in faith and how much I really love Jesus and how the Jesus I was introduced to is kind of different than the Jesus I now believe in. And even the vessels that God used, like, I mean, real talk, my youth pastor left ministry to become a professional wrestler. Like, that's a little different. <laughs> that's a little wild. <laughs> there's, a, there's a song by this guy, Ben Rector, who... I don't know if you like him. I, I like his music a lot. I listened to this yesterday. He said he was, it's a song called Heroes. And he said, I miss my Bible study leader who had all the answers for living in the big bad world. I don't know if he still talks to Jesus, but his wife's remarried now. And I think he sells garage doors. I think that's a lot of our experience. And when we're carrying that, that like this was a very real memory and real experience of Jesus. And then the marriage fell apart and he's selling garage doors. Or in my situation, the guy became a professional wrestler and, and like decided to body slam instead of hug. Like, okay. And it makes us wonder like, is all of this fake? And I think we have to ask that question. Was there real experience in there? I've asked that question for like years now. And for me, yeah. That Jesus I met came packaged in a wrestling luchador mask and tons of weird stuff. But Jesus met me there. And though I don't love how the story ended, the chapters were real. And that experience together was real. And in that space, I was beginning to be attached to, to Jesus and God and who God was and falling in love with God's people. And though people spun out into crazy theology and crazy professions and all this kind of stuff, it was real. God was there. And I bring that in here and like, okay, I don't want, to, I don't want any of you to turn professional wrestlers and I don't have the physique for it. But like... Maybe, just maybe, we'll try this thing again. Because what happens oftentimes is, is if we have experienced Jesus and then we commit to a community and that community spins off or rejects us or some pain hits, we try to go to just Jesus and me for a little while, right? Have you, has anyone done that season? Like, the church hurts me, so I'm going to just do me and Jesus. That's a very normal thing. But the interesting thing is some of us even sometimes talk like that's our reality, but we find ourselves sneaking back into the church, sneaking back into a community, wondering if we could be safe, wondering if we could belong, wonder if there's room for us and our thoughts and our beliefs and our experiences and our pains and all that. We're holding all of that in our hands, right? But we just can't really stay away. Because of the just Jesus in me, though the Holy Spirit lives within us, it's, it's lonely. And that's because we weren't meant to live just us and Jesus. 
it's beautiful that we can experience Jesus that way. But he didn't say the hope of the world is that we all live independent and, and we just run our separate ways. No, he really believed in this, like, okay, attached to me, committed to each other, lathered in love, that, that's, that's enough. And so we find ourselves coming back together, but then into a church like this, we've all got our hands full and we don't know quite what to, to do with it. See, somehow we end up back in a space or a collection of image bearers giving attention to God, hoping that we're not too much, hoping that we're not too little, hoping that maybe, just maybe, we can experience something that, that we believed we could all along. Now, sometimes this is really painful, and it would feel better if God would just put guards against this, not allow some of these, like, spin-offs to happen, right? But God trusts us, and Jesus prays for us, and that's really enough. And so we come again with our hands full of memories into this story that has been the story all along. So the ancient Hebrews, their story of, of creation was that God created image bearers, women and men, who were to be like little gods, not gods, but image bearers like gods, to help take care of all creation, help all of creation flourish, that we were to join in this work of creation and order. And we know that our, our first image bearers grabbed for more, but God didn't, didn't leave them. This is what we talked about last week. Where are you? God met them by clothing them and sending them out. But then even after Jesus died and was resurrected, he, he's, he committed to this same thing. If you remember, he says, now all authority is given to me. I don't know where that authority was. I don't know if it was scattered. I mean, it was the authority of Genesis 1 that we see again at the Great Commission. I don't know if he had it the whole time. I don't know exactly what Jesus meant, but there's something mysteriously powerful to me that he says, all authority is mine. And because of that, go. Go, be you. The you that you were always supposed to be. I told you I would send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is coming. Go be you filled with the Holy Spirit, committed to one another, lavished in love. Go in all authority and go be you. See, God has always intended for the world to flourish, but it's been intended to flourish under human stewardship. Where we go fully being us, what now we would call the church, fully being the church, creating and ordering and making room for people so that all can flourish. And what's needed for this to happen? Well, again, it's just needed that the Holy Spirit is sent to us. That we're attached to God, that we're committed to another, one another. And that we're doing all of this in love. And that's what the world sees. It says that's different. For Jesus, that was enough. It wasn't that... I or whoever has the microphone would preach well. I hope we get better at that. I hope we say things that help us see the world better, 
help us attach to Jesus better, help us love one another better. I hope all of that happens, but Jesus didn't say that the church would be great preaching. Hopefully that happens, but that isn't the distinctive. He didn't say that this, the church would be where everybody believes correctly. Or even that everybody believes the same. That didn't seem to matter. It seems to matter a lot right now, but it doesn't seem to matter in the pages of Scripture. What matters is that people are committed to one another and that they love one another. Now, of course, we don't want to believe wrong. We don't want to lead each other astray. We don't want to cause more pain for each other. But we don't need to overly dwell on things that Jesus doesn't dwell on. Never said that things were going to look really impressive and people were going to live easy lives and that was what was going to be appealing. Instead, he said, even when life would get hard, that we would remain attached to him. And when life remained hard, we would stay committed to each other. And when life was painful, that we would respond with love. That's what would make us distinct. That's what would change this world. That's the point. Now, it would be way easier and way better if we knew, like, yeah, we're going to believe really safe things because then we're less likely to be hurt. Like, some of these kind of things would be way, way better. And, but they're controls that Jesus just didn't give us. Ways of tightening each other in that he just didn't invite us into. Instead, it's like, no. I believe that this simple formula is enough. It reminds me of when David went against Goliath and Saul wanted all that armor to be on David. That's what I would want. He's like, no, this sling and these rocks are enough. When God cares for all this world with all the hatred and all the fighting and all the evils that I can't even name them all, I'm like, man, you need some arm. Like, you got to arm us. And it's like, he's like, no, sling and some rocks. That, that's enough. Me, you caring for each other and loving well, that's, that, that's enough. I've got the rest. See, I believe that's really what the church is to be, these image bearers attached to the Holy Spirit, committed to each other in love for those around us at a specific time, at a specific place, that while we're here, this is this local church adding our amen to the local church down the street, down the street, next city, next city, everywhere that we go. And like, that's what we commit to. Yeah, I love you best I can. And I'll stay committed to you and let this Holy Spirit be attached to me. I'm really booming. Sorry about that, guys. I keep looking down. But that leads me to a couple questions. First of all, what do we do with this handful of memories? Right? How do we receive when we come in with all of this church pain and church goodness and this mixed bag? Can we call it that? This mixed bag of experience. What do we do? Because each of us walks in with probably 50 pounds of memory. Well, in, in spiritual direction training, there's this, this imagery that they, they give us where... If we have courage, we imagine setting this weight that we carry at our feet. 
like almost in between your feet where you're still like like a mother penguin looking out for those eggs. You're not, you're not letting it go, but you then can have your hands free. And that's what I keep thinking of with the church. We've got real pain, and I'm not trying to lessen your pain. We have real great experience as well. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I'm just saying maybe God has something for us today too. And maybe part of the reason that we don't always experience is our hands are already full. So if we could imagine setting our memories down at our feet, trusting God that God will care for that, and then having our hands free to receive whatever there is for today and tomorrow and this season. And so a couple questions for you to think through. And we're going to pray, we're going to receive communion, and then hopefully we're just going to be the church for a couple minutes, just caring for each other, hearing each other. Loving on one another. But a couple questions are, what keeps you from this? Maybe the this is being attached to God. Maybe it's committing to one another. Maybe it's loving. Is there something in there that you're resistant to? And why? And then zoom it out from just you, what keeps us from it? us either in this church, you can go broader, broader, whatever, but what, what, what are the barriers that keep us from it? What would you gain if the church was really that simple? If we believe that it really was, we gather together to acknowledge God, to celebrate God, but then we go in the same spirit, acknowledging, celebrating Attached to God, committed to each other, lathered in love. What would you gain? And finally, what would you need to let go of to receive that? Maybe at your feet, you let go of it for just a moment, or maybe you leave it in the pew. And you go throughout your week without it. You revisit it next week, it'll figuratively be there again. We need to let go of. For some of us, someday, it's going to be the, the hard memories of the church. It's going to be the hard things that were said. It's going to be the person who went from hero to, to seller of garage doors or heroes to wrestler. It's going to be the one who said we didn't belong. And we need to choose to like, okay, I'm going to I'm limping from that, but I'm going to let go of that memory. It'll come back, and I'll let go of it again, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go and make room for something new. For others of us, it's going to be that great time where the church was most closely to the church, that experience that we had five years ago or ten years ago or when we were in high school that we miss and ache for. Maybe we need to even thank God and let go of that. Maybe the thing that keeps us from inheriting that again is that our hands are just too full. I know that we are a quirky little gathering. I know that we don't even have a, a stand today because somebody permanently borrowed it. Our temperatures are interesting. Our kids are behind like a jail door. 
<laughs> Optics aren't good with that one. I know that things are simple. I know that we can hear more articulate preaching other places, and that's not what we're even trying to be. We're not trying to compete on any of those. We're not trying to be the best at any of these things. This is like, if, if you read that story of Jonathan and the armor bearer, there's a battle that they're imagining winning, and at one point Jonathan says, perhaps, perhaps we can win. I feel like with this church that I love deeply, that's the word I keep thinking of. Perhaps. Perhaps this thing of like being attached to Jesus and really loving one another, perhaps that's really enough. It seems like that's what scripture says. It seems like we could heal and like really live into that and really inherit something beautiful that I've never experienced before. Perhaps. Perhaps we give our best, but we don't really try to wow anybody. We give it more as a gift to God than anything else. Perhaps we could really heal. Perhaps we could really live as the beloved. Perhaps that'd be enough to call church. I want to pray over us. Will you join me?